Hey y'all, today we continue on in chapter 22 of Leviticus and the chapter 22 is the second of the two chapters that show what it is needed to be qualified to be a priest and we'll continue on in verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to be very careful with the sacred gifts that the Israelites set apart for me so they do not bring shame on my holy name. I am the Lord. So here we just remember that God's honor and reputation and character are holy. So the the it is very important that the priest keep that characteristic of holiness when they are working in the temple of God. In verse 3, give them the following instructions. In all future generations, if any of your descendants is ceremonially unclean, when he approaches the sacred offerings that the Lord of that the that the people of Israel consecrate to the Lord, he must be cut off from the presence. I am the Lord. If any of Aaron's descendants has a skin disease or any kind of discharge that makes him ceremonially unclean, he may not eat from the sacred offerings until he has been pronounced clean. He also becomes unclean by touching a corpse or by having an emission of semen or by touching a small animal that is unclean or by touching someone who is ceremonially unclean for any reason. The man who is defiled in any of these ways will remain unclean until evening. He may not eat from the sacred offerings until he has bathed himself in water. When the sun goes down, he will be ceremonially clean again and may eat from the sacred offerings for this is his food. He may not eat an animal that has died a natural death or has been torn apart by wild animals for this would defile him. I am the Lord. The priests must follow my instructions carefully, otherwise they will be punished for their sin and will die for violating my instructions. I am the Lord who makes them holy. And God's basically saying, don't mess with my holiness. In verse 10, no one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offering. Even guests and hired workers in a priest's home are not allowed to eat them. However, if the priest buys a slave for himself and the servant then the servant may eat from the sacred offerings. And if his servants have children, they also may share in his food. If a priest's daughter marries someone outside the priestly family, she may no longer eat the sacred offering. But if she becomes a widow or is divorced and has no children to support her and returns to live in her father's home, as in her youth, she may eat her father's food again. Otherwise, no one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offerings. Any such person who eats the sacred offerings without realizing it must pay the priest for the amount eaten, plus an additional 20%. The priests must not let the Israelites defile the sacred offerings brought to the Lord by allowing unauthorized people to eat them. This would bring guilt upon them and require them to pay a compensation. I am the Lord who makes them holy. And the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons and all the Israelites these instructions, which apply both to the native Israelites and to the foreign living above, among you. If you present a gift as a burnt offering to the Lord, whether it is to fulfill a vow or as a voluntary offering, you will be accepted only if your offering is a male animal with no defects. It may be a bull, a ram, or a male goat, do not present an animal with defects because the Lord will not accept it on your behalf. 
So the sacrifice must be perfect and the gift must be valuable. They were blemished by their sin and in in their offering, they're offering something valuable to exchange for their sin in their half in their behalf. Perfection is needed in the sacrifice, in the spotless sacrifice is needed, and it is is offered up for themselves to be representative of their blemishes and give them purity in exchange. So they're exchanging their blemishes and their imperfection for the perfect offering and the perfect animal that they're offering as a sacrifice to God. Just like Jesus, who took our place on the cross, and he is perfect and spotless, and he traded our sin for his righteousness, so we can righteously and boldly go before the throne of God. In verse 21, If you present a peace offering to the Lord from the herd or the flock, whether it is to fulfill a vow or is a voluntary offering, you must offer a perfect animal. It may have no defect of any kind. You must offer an animal that you must not offer an animal that is blind, crippled, or injured, or that has a wart, a skin sore, or scabs. Such animals must never be offered on the altar as a special gift to the Lord. If a bull or lamb has a leg that is too long or too short, it may be offered as a volunteer offering, but not as an offering to fulfill a vow. If an animal has a damaged testicle or is castrated, you may not offer it to the Lord. You must never do this in your own land, and you must not accept such an animal from foreigners and then offer it as a sacrifice to your God. Such animals will not be accepted on your behalf, for they are mutilated or defective. And the Lord said to Moses, When a calf or a lamb or goat is born, it must be left with its mothers for seven days. For from the eighth day on, it can be accepted as a special gift to the Lord. But it must not. But you must not slaughter a mother animal and her offspring on the same day, whether from the herd or the flock. When you bring a thanksgiving offering to the Lord, sacrifice it properly, so you will, it will be accepted. Eat the entire sacrificial animal on the day it is presented. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. I am the Lord. You must faithfully keep all my commands by putting them into practice, for I am the Lord. Do not bring shame on my holy name, for I will display my holiness among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who makes you holy, and it was I who rescued you from the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. I am the Lord. So he's reminding him them of his holiness and that he rescued them and he is God and he is powerful and he is amazing. And in that rescue, he is God and he needs to be honored and glorified. And the sacrifices need to be amazingly pure and perfect to take the place of the people's sin in their lives. And then we move on to chapter 23. In chapter 23 through 25 starts the feast, the seven annual feast to remember who they were and who God wants them to be. In chapter 23, verse 1, The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. These are the Lord's appointed festivals, which you are to proclaim as official days for holy assembly. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, it's a Sabbath day of complete rest, an official day for holy assembly. It is the Lord's Sabbath day, and it must be observed wherever you live. 
In addition to the Sabbath, these are the Lord's appointed festivals, the official days for holy assembly that are to be celebrated at the proper times each year. In the Passover festival, which is the first one we talk about, it reminds them of the Passover lamb that was used to escape the 10th plague of Egypt when the blood was um, painted on their doorsteps to keep them safe from death. In verse 5, the Lord's Passover begins at sundown on the 14th day of the first month. On the next day, the 15th day of the month, you must begin celebrating the festival of unleavened bread. This festival to the Lord continues for seven days. And during that time, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, all the people must stop their ordinary work and observe an official day for holy assembly. For seven days, you must present special gifts to the Lord. On the seventh day, the people must again stop all their ordinary work and observe an official day for holy assembly. In verse 9, Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you enter the land I am giving you, and you harvest its first crops, bring the priest a bundle of grain from the first cutting of your grain harvest. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest will lift it up before the Lord so it may be accepted on your behalf. On the same day, you must sacrifice a one-year-old male lamb with no defects as a burnt offering to the Lord. With it, you must present a grain offering consisting of four quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil. It will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord, and you must also offer one quart of wine as a liquid offering. Do not eat any bread or roasted grain or fresh kernels on that day until you bring this offering to your God. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. And this is this the f- celebration of the first harvest is a sign then that fullness for what God had provided is in trust that God would provide the rest, the, giving them their first crops of their crops, knowing that God's going to continually provide for them. And then we have the fir- festival of the harvest, which is also called the festival of weeks in verse 15. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you bring the bundle of grain to be lifted up as a special offering, count off seven full weeks. Keep counting until the day after the seventh Sabbath, 50 days later. Then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves of bread to be lifted up before the Lord as a special offering. Make these loaves from four quarts of choice flour and bake them with yeast. They will be an offering to the Lord from the first of your crops. And this is thanking God for the full harvest that they get. In verse 18, along with the bread presents seven one-year-old male lambs with no defects, one young bull and two rams as burnt offerings to the Lord. These burnt offerings together with the grain offering and liquid offering will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Then you must offer one male goat as a sin offering and two one-year-old male lambs as a peace offering. The priest will lift up the two lambs as a special offering to the Lord, together with the loaves representing the first of your crops. These offerings, which are holy to the Lord, belong to the priests. That same day will be proclaimed an official day for holy assembly, a day on which you do no ordinary work. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live.
And the the seven festival Passovers that we're going through, the unleavened bread, the weeks, the solemn rest day, and the day of atonement, the day of booths, and the day after the booths, these are the appointed festivals that God is saying, do this, celebrate, come together. So we'll continue in verse 22. When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. So he's caring for the poor and making sure that everyone is taken care of. And just remembering that there's there's people that need this too, that need your leftovers because they don't have what you have. So he's making sure that everyone is provided for. In verse 23, Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instruction to the people of Israel. On the first day of the appointed month in early autumn, you are to observe a day of complete rest. It will be an official day for a holy assembly, a day commemorating commemorated with loud blasts of trumpets. You must do no ordinary work on that day, and instead you are to present special gifts to the Lord. And the festival of trumpets reminds me of when Jesus returns, there's going to be trumpets blowing. And the day of atonement is like Jesus on the cross. He atones for every single one of our sins, every single day of our lives. In verse 26, Then the Lord said to Moses, Be careful to celebrate the day of atonement on the tenth day of the same month, nine days after the festival of trumpets. You must observe it as an official day for holy assembly, a day to deny yourselves and present special gifts to the Lord. Do no work on that entire day because it is a day of atonement. When offerings of purification are made for you, make making you right with the Lord your God. All who do not deny themselves that day will be cut off from God's people. And I will destroy anyone among you who does any work on that day. You must not do any work at all. This is a permanent law for you. And it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. This will be a Sabbath day of complete rest for you, and on that day you must deny yourselves. This day of rest will begin at sundown on the ninth day of the month and extend until sundown on the tenth day. And then we have the Festival of Shelters, which is also called the Festival of Booths. And when Jesus dwells with us, it reminds me of this, he wants to be with us. In verse 33, And the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Begin celebrating the festival of shelters on the fifteenth day of the appointed month, five days after the day of atonement. This festival to the Lord will last for seven days. On the first day of the festival, you must proclaim an official day for holy assembly when you do no ordinary work. For seven days, you must present special gifts to the Lord. The the eighth day is another holy day on which you present your special gifts to the Lord. This will be a solemn occasion, and no ordinary work may be done on that day. These are the Lord's appointed festivals. Celebrate them each year as official days for holy assembly by presenting special gifts to the Lord, burnt offerings, grain offerings, sacrifices, and liquid offerings, each on its proper day. These festivals must be observed in addition to the Lord's regular Sabbath days and the offerings and in ad- and the offerings are in addition to your personal gifts. The offerings you give to fulfill your vows and the voluntary offerings that you present to the Lord. 
Remember that this seventh-day festival to the Lord, the festival of shelters, begins on the fifteenth day of the appointed month, after you have harvested all the produce of the land. The first day and the eighth day of the festival will be the days of complete rest. On the first day, gather branches from the magnificent trees, palm fronds, boughs from the leafy trees, and willows that grow by the streams. Then celebrate with joy before the Lord your God for seven days. You must observe this festival to the Lord for seven days every year. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed in the appointed month from generation to generation. For seven days you must live outside in little shelters. All native-born Israelites must live in shelters. This will remind each new generation of Israelites that I made their ancestors live in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses gave the Israelites these instructions regarding the annual festivals of the Lord. And the purpose and point of these festivals is that remembrance. Remember what God brought you through. Remember that God is your provider. And remembrance is the cure for blasphemy and sin. And Jesus is the lamb that allows God's wrath to pass over us. Jesus brought us the final day of atonement. And the festival of shelters reminds them of the temporary shelters that they lived in after God rescued them from Egypt. God is the rescuer. And the the feast point is to create holy time, rooting people in God's saving work, and it reviews their, it renews their trust in and obedience to God. And it's just that constant reminding of them, like, this is where I brought you, this is who I am, and this is where I'm taking you. So that concludes chapter 23. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day.